Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. So if you have your Bibles, open with me today to Galatians chapter 6. We're going to look at 7 through 9, verse 7 through 9 today. And um, I I wanted to start by this. I I know a guy who's addicted to brake fluid. He tells me he can stop anytime he wants. And then I found this, uh, this meme the other day, and I just had to share it this morning. If you don't get it, is, isn't, was, wasn't, what's in the bottom Pez, that, I laughed at this. I literally was out loud laughing, LOL, yes. All right, anyway, so um, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to show you an old Harvest Palooza video, and I'm going to, uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. Hey, everybody, you make party in the park great. Let's have fun. So what you just saw is a short video of a, a party we throw every year. We throw at South Central Park on September 5th this year at 7 o'clock p.m. And the purpose for the party, everything is free from food, drinks, um, um, uh, bounce houses, music, games for the kids, whatever activities are going on, everything is free. And uh, we do this as a church, as a gift to our community to do three things, three purposes. Number one, we want Jesus to get a good name in the community. We want Jesus to be lifted up. You know, uh, like those people from Kansas you just heard about who left and left an impact on a guy because they were nice to him. So also, we are going to be nice to people. We're going to make an impact on them by serving people in the name of Jesus. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to give the church of Jesus a good name. If people can't say anymore, the church only wants to take because all we're going to do that night is give. We're just going to love and give. And people can't badmouth the church of Jesus Christ if they're receiving a blessing from the church. And then the third thing is you... As a follower of Jesus, you as a part of this body, get to learn the joy of giving, the joy of giving and serving. You get to learn that. It is a joy that you have to learn. It's not something that we come by naturally. You know, in kindergarten, people don't naturally share. You have to teach them to share their toys, right? That's what we're doing is we're teaching you the joy of sharing and giving. And to do that, we're going to have you sign up. Sign-ups go today. They start today online. You can, uh, there are these, I want you for Harvest Palooza is around. Take a look at that. The face on it's really 
an awesome face. Yeah, there's, a, there's sheets out there that if you want to pass out to your neighbors or friends, we've got those. Or you can go out to the hub right out the back door and somebody will help you sign up for Harvest Palooza. It is your time to sign up for Harvest Palooza. And by the way, if you think that you can show up last minute, you can't because the 22nd is the last day to sign up. And if you think you can show up and fake it and wear last year's shirt, you can't because last year's shirt is no longer in effect. We are going to reveal right now, come on, drum roll, please, the new Harvest Palooza shirt. Come on out. Our model is Heather, and she's wearing the new Harvest Palooza shirt. And if you flip around to the back there, turn around, you can see she is now staffed. And the only way you can get one is to sign up if you and if you're a person you've been privately recruited, some of you have been recruited already, the only way you can get one is to sign up, and that means even if you've been privately recruited and your team leader will get you your shirt, that's the only way to get one to be a part. Thank you very much, Heather, for being our model today. All right, interns always working. All right, so man walked into the farmer, uh, a farmer walked into a, a mill one day and, and uh, he was bringing his produce from a granary. A few years earlier, he had bought this farm that was in total disrepair and weeds were everywhere and he came in and he re-cleared the land and he, he uh, started plowing it and getting rid of the rocks and the boulders and all that kind of stuff. And, and after a few years, he came to the mill with this abundant harvest off the land. And the mill owner looked at him and said, well, isn't it great how big of a, a, a bounty God gave you? And he said, sir, you should have seen that land when God had it to himself. It wasn't producing anything when God had it to himself. And some of you hear that and you think, well, that's arrogant because God gives everything. Yes, God does give everything. He gives you the authority to turn things productive. It's all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 when God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. So you are made in the image of God. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are literally made in the image of God in such a way that your body can reveal the nature and the character and the being of God. And God is creative and God is working and giving life all the time. And he made you to be creative and to be productive. That's part of my problem with the whole COVID thing is we lost some productivity in our culture. And then, of course, depression and anxiety go through the roof because if you're not fulfilling what God made you to do, you will never live in the peace that he made for you to live in. So he made you in his likeness so that you may do what? You may rule or have dominion over all of this earth. You and I are designed by God to be productive with our lives. And if we're not productive, then we feel bad about ourselves and we feel bad about our lives. Because God made you to affect this world either for the better or for the worse, for the good or for the bad. You have the power to affect this world either for the good or for the bad. So would you stand with me in honor of God's word? Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says this, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be what? Mocked. God's not going to be mocked. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man sows 
or reaps what he also sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will receive what? Eternal life. So let us, here's our verse for today. Can you all read it with me out loud, this, this last one? Can we just read it together? All right, you ready? Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If you don't what? How many of you ever feel like giving up? Anybody ever try and you feel like giving up and you're like, oh, just not working? Well, this is our verse. This is our thought today. If you don't get anything else, I believe this verse speaks clearly nearly everything I want to say to you today. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, not in your time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Father, I pray that today you would add your blessing to your word. Our hearts would be open. We would hear. You would speak clearly. And I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would move in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Hey, before you're seated, why don't you turn and smile at somebody real big. Give them a big smile and let them know that somebody somewhere cares. And hey, if you're online, here's your big smile. It's from me and I mean it. All right. So um, there are three words in this that I want to use to help us clarify the truth of this passage. There are three words, and I'm going I'm to give you a little phrase after each one of those words to help clarify what this passage says. There are basically three main truths here that we need to embrace. The first one is prioritize. You will reap what you sow. You will reap what you sow. Hmm. You need to prioritize because you will reap what you sow. What do you want? If you sow to the flesh, you will reap destruction. If you sow to the spirit, you will get eternal life. Don't think that you can sow rebellion and reap peace. Don't think you can do that. You can't sow anger and reap happiness. You can't sow greed and reap joy. It's, it's not going to happen. So don't think that you can sow to the flesh and then get a crop failure. You know, I hear people, they, I, I list their lives and they're always asking for God to bless them, but yet I look at what they're sowing with their life and they're not going to get any blessing out of it because what you sow, you will reap. Because God's not mocked. You know, you have a choice what you sow. What are you going to sow with your life? Are you going to sow seed that will reduce in good produce? Will you sow the seed that will get you love, faithfulness, discipline, mercy, and generosity in return? Well, to do those things, you have to sow love, faithfulness, discipline, mercy, and generosity. Will you, uh, will you sow the seed that will get you selfishness, pride, anger, sloth, hatred, and greed? If you do, those are the things that you sow with your life, if that's what you want back. What do you want? If you want a good harvest, you must prioritize what you sow and how you sow it. If you, uh, if you want to have a productive farm, do you know what you have to do? You have to get up in the morning and you have to take care of your fields. You have to make goals and work towards them. You have to say, this plot of field will get plowed today. This part of the field will get sowed today. 
And you have to do those things. And a lot of us, the reason we don't reap what we want out of life is we're not intentional about doing the things that will get us what we want in life. I talk to 20-year-olds all the time. 20, if you're a 20-year-old in this place, around at 18, 17, 16, up to 25, 30 years old, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to ask you to do something, all right? Take a pen and a piece of paper out and write down what you want your life to look like when you're 50. Just write it down. The reason I I ask, come on, anybody in this room I've asked you to do that? Anybody in this room I've asked you to do it? There should be a few hands because I've asked, I ask teenagers to do this all the time. And the reason is, is because if you don't know what you're wanting to reap, you don't know what seed to put in the ground. If you want to be a computer engineer, then you probably ought to go to school for computer engineering, right? If you want to be a doctor, you should probably go to school for being a doctor. You want to be a plumber and be smart, then you don't go into debt. Go into school. You go learn how to be a plumber, right? You want to be married, then you don't have sex with every girl you meet in high school, in college. Because that undermines, Right? You want to be financially stable. You do not live off credit cards. What what do you want in your future? You will reap what you sow. If you sow financial destruction, you're going to reap poverty. If you eat cupcakes and play video games all day and never exercise, you're going to reap bad health. Are are, are you all alive with me? So what I'm telling you is you reap what... You sow. You also do that with your family. You do that with those closest to you. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all the people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We should do good to the people closest to us. I actually have a, a definition of success. I wrote down how I know if I'm successful with my life. And it's not how much money I have or how big of a church I pastor or whatever the the definitions of success are. Mine is this, that if the people who know me the best love me the most, I am successful. If my wife loves me the most, if my kids who have to put up with me love me the most, my staff who have to deal with me every day, they love me the most, that's more important to me than people on the fringes of society knowing and loving me. And a lot of us live for the approval of people out there and we forget to sow love and mercy to those closest to us. You reap what you sow. There's a story about a guy named Bob Pierce. He's the founder of World Vision and he got his priorities mixed up and he sowed, he sowed, he was going to serve God. He said this, he founded World Vision and what happened is he noticed the poverty and the starvation of kids around the world. He said he wanted to do something about it. So he got consumed in his desire to, to be big deal in the world. And he said, I made God an agreement with God. I made an agreement with God, his exact words. I don't think God made an agreement with him, but he made an agreement with God that I'll take care of his helpless little lambs overseas if he'll take care of mine at home. He was uh, in Asia and his daughter in her 30s called him and said, Dad, could you please come home? I recently was divorced and I need, I need you. He said, dear, I've got to take care of things here. And his daughter committed suicide and died while he was running around trying to save the world. I don't call that successful. I call that planting the wrong seed. By the way, not long after that, he was fired from World Vision. And then later on, he got fired from Samaritan's Purse 
because his desire to be popular and a big deal overwhelmed his desire to be successful with those close to him. Remember Galatians chapter 6.10 says, we are to love those closest to us, especially the family we have around. There's a different story to tell today, and that's the story of the guy whose Bible I hold. My dad, this is my dad's Bible. It's pretty beat up, isn't it? Because a, a guy whose Bible's fallen apart probably is belonging to a guy whose life isn't falling apart. If, you're fi- if your Bible's falling apart, you probably aren't. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of marks all over this. My dad marked this Bible. I remember watch him for years read it. You see, my dad was a guy that he never traveled much, never did much outside of Fort Smith, Arkansas and Arcoma, Oklahoma. But my dad, he was faithful. He led a Bible study at work and prayed. All of his buddies at work knew he was a Christian. He prayed with them, and loved them and served them. And everywhere you went, anybody that knew my dad always smiled when they saw Jim Crow. We'd, uh, we'd take kids to church with us every Wednesday night in Royal Rangers. The van, our truck, the back of our pickup truck would be filled with boys, and there are boys whose lives are changed forever because of my dad being a Royal Ranger commander and later on Royal Ranger senior commander. Uh, my dad and mom led a youth ministry, literally hundreds. At one time, we had about 110 kids in our youth ministry, and out of that, there's probably a dozen people in full-time ministry because of what they did. My dad never did Bob Pierce kind of wonderful world stuff. But you know what my dad did? My dad lived life to the fullest and drained every bit of energy out of it. My dad made an impact on people around this world because he was faithful to sow the right seeds in the right field. I got a picture of my dad at 75. This will tell you who my dad was at 75. He's trying to stand up on the tube there. It wasn't enough to lay on it. He wanted to stand up on it. That's a guy who lives life to its fullest. And and you know what? You know what? What seed are you sowing? When you're 75 or when you're dead, what are they going to say about you? My dad's Bible still stands as a testimony of seed that was sown well that is reaping fruit among you today. All right, second, plant. You will reap more. You will reap more than you sow. Now, the simple rule of planting is this. Nobody puts one wheat seed in the ground, kernel of wheat in the ground, and expects to get one kernel of wheat out of it. If you did, that would be stupid because then you would never get ahead. You would never actually have anything to eat. Why not just eat the one seed? You put a kernel of wheat in the ground expecting for it to produce dozens You put one kernel of corn in the ground, expect it to reap dozens. The reason you do these things is because you want not just one, you want more. You take one kernel of corn, and look at all the kernels that are on this piece of corn. All of them come from one, and this is only one ear on something that would produce four or five kernels, uh, four or five ears of corn. Hundreds. Think about an apple. If you take an apple seed and you put it in the ground over the years, how many apples come off of an apple tree from one seed? You see, the law of sowing and reaping is this, is when you put something in, you expect increase on your harvest. So notice that small seed produces significantly more. In the passage it says, 
uh, if you sow to the flesh, to, to please your flesh, just a little bit of pleasing your flesh will reap you what? Destruction. Destruction. That's a pretty big harvest for a little seed. And it says, if you sow to please the Spirit, so I do the thing today that pleases God's Spirit, and from it I reap eternal life for eternity. That Come on, this is, this is a big produce of a little decision. And that's what, that's what sowing and reaping has to do, that if we will, if we will be patient with what we sow and we will plant it, we will always reap more than what you sow. So if you sow for destruction, you reap a lot of destruction. If you sow for the Spirit, you get a lot. This is the law of investing. You invest a little now, you let it grow, and it produces big over time. This is the law of tithing. That's why we say at Harvest Ridge, we want you to tithe. I don't want you to tithe because I'm trying to get money out of your pocket. Trust me, I am not concerned about getting money from you. God will always take care of my needs because I take care of what he told me to do. I will always be taken care of, whether you give a penny or not. You hear me? What I want for you is I want you to learn that when you give, it will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I'm not talking about getting rich. I'm talking about you giving of an attitude of worship and gratitude, and God will restore and bless you in ways that are like this. One seed, you get a lot of harvest. So I'm just trying to teach you the law of harvesting and reaping and planting, and that's this, that when you invest in God's kingdom, a little bit of your time, your talent, your energy, your effort, your finances, you get a larger return. This is the law of love. If you want to get love, you show it. If you want faithfulness, be faithful. <laughs> I love it. You know, when people say to me, nobody just ever cares about me. Well, who do you care for? I, I'm sorry, I'm tired of this one. You know, nobody even seems to notice. Well, who have you noticed? You know what I told my kids? If you ever feel lonely, you walk into a room, you're lonely, you feel like you don't belong. You know what you do? You know what you do? Those of you going back to school, you kids going back to school, listen to me, young, young ladies and men. You go to school and you fill out a place. You walk through the door and you look for the person in that room that feels more lonely than you and you befriend them and you will always have a friend from that person. You walk through the doors of this church, I, I, nobody talks to me. It's because you're standing in the corner doing this. And we all know if we approach you, you're going to be awkward. Why don't you look up and smile? Really, what do you want? If you want something in return, what do you do? Give it. You want love and acceptance, what do you do? Give it. This is really applicable. Third thing is, you need to persevere. You will, you will reap what you sow. Sometimes, though, it seems like we sow and we don't get the harvest we want. Anybody ever done that? Like, God, I'm being faithful and all I get is hardship out of it. <laughs> I was complaining about that the other day because I'm angry. You know, I said it in the early service. I'm angry all the time. It's because I'm an Enneagram 8. That's my excuse. All right? I can tell about four of you know what the Enneagram is. So, yeah, All right. I, I, I'm, I get mad. When things don't go right, I get mad. I want to I fix it right then, right? And, and I expect when I sow a seed, I expect to get the harvest right then. God, I did good to that person. They're supposed to return good to me. And sometimes I get 20 years of bad. Right? 
Anybody in the room, show, I, I want to know, anybody in the room ever prayed for something more than 10 years and still don't have it answered? Anybody in the room ever prayed for more than 10 years and still don't, all you people with your hands up? Look at you with all you people with your hands up. Wow, you mean it's possible to ask God for something and not get the harvest immediately. That's what our text says, but it says you will reap a harvest. Sometimes the harvest we receive is not the harvest we thought we were going to get. It was uh, May 26, Friday, May 26, 2017. 29 Coptic Christians in Egypt were on their way to a monastery for a weekend of worship and prayer. And on their way there, 10 armed, masked Islamic radicals captured the bust, pulled them out, Asked them if they would deny Jesus Christ, and when they did not deny Jesus Christ, men, women, and child were all massacred on the side of the road. Twenty-nine Christians killed simply for their faith. I thought, you will reap what you sow. Yes, you will. But sometimes what you reap is not to be reaped in this life. Stephen, you remember that guy, Stephen? The first Christian that was a martyr? You remember him? Yeah, he was a martyr. He died. I thought Jesus was all powerful. He preached good and he did a great job. And they took him out and they stoned him. But they laid their cloaks at the feet of a guy named Saul. And that guy named Saul is the guy whose words we've been reading this summer. That guy, Stephen, suffered greatly. But let me ask you a question. Did his seed, did it produce a harvest? Oh, it produced a harvest that's still affecting me and you today. <laughs> so God knows how because God is just. God knows how to take even the bad things that happen to you and turn them into good for generations to come. I, I've said this for years. I had a dump truck of crap dumped on me when I was a kid. And I've been taking it my entire life, taking that crap and shoveling it one spoonful at a time on all the land around me so it's well fertilized. And I want eternal life. I want eternal life to be given to the people around me. And if it comes through my pain, I'm all right with that because my life isn't about my joy. It's about eternal life of those I love, that those around me would be blessed. You will, you will reap what you sow. You will. Sometimes it seems like the harvest, though, will never arrive. That's why Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, proper time, there's a proper time for it. We'll reap the harvest if we don't give up. So it was 1988, and it was August. And if you know anything about Oklahoma August, especially 88, there was a drought. And it was hot. I mean, it was about three degrees cooler than hell, I think. <laughs> Just joking. But it was hot. It was 105 every day. It was boiling. Well, me and my dad, before I went off to get married, I was going up to Pittsburgh the end of August to get married. And uh, me and dad, we went out, we rebuilt the back porch. There was a concrete pad we built and some grass around it. And I, I wanted to make it look really good. So I went and got some fresh new topsoil and I spread it around and I planted good Bermuda seed all on the grass. And I was out there every morning and evening watering it to make sure it grew. Now, remember, we're in the middle of a drought and it is hot, 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 hot. So this goes 
goes on for like two and a half weeks, and there was nothing. It was still that dirt, that mud, and, and it was, there was no grass. And I'm like, this is crazy. And so I did this. I left about a week early before my wedding. I left to come up to take care of final details in Pennsylvania, stayed with my mom-in-law and tried to get the whole wedding ready. And my dad, mom and dad stayed until like two days before my wedding before they came up. In those five days... Before they left, my dad took a picture of that grass. I wish I had it. But that piece of dirt that had no grass, all had grass that tall in those five days. That Bermuda went from nothing to that in five days. Now, the deal is, I wanted the harvest when I wanted the harvest, but I never got to see it. You know why I didn't get to see it? Because there's a proper time. And some of us, It's our job to plant, to water, to take care of the right actions for the proper time. So what do you do? Hebrews 10.36 says, you have need to persevere so that when, and in my dad's Bible here it says after, so that after you have done the will of God, you will receive what you promised. So that after you've done the will. When do you get what's promised? After. It may come a long time after, but you need to do what? You need to persevere. You need to stick with it so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive what is promised. So some of you, you've been planting the wrong seeds and you got the wrong harvest coming. What do you do? I'll tell you what you do. You repent. You repent. If you've been planting the wrong seed, you know what you do? You repent. Say you've been planting anger and distrust and those kind of things. What do you have to do? You have to repent. What does repent look like? It means change. To use our analogy today, You take that field that's covered with weeds and you grab your plow and you go out and you plow up everything. You just destroy it as it is and you start all over again. You plow it. So one day my son was driving. He was supposed to drive to Akron and he was going to a a clinic over there. He was 16 years old, just got on the turnpike and I get the call and he said, Dad, I'm supposed to go to Akron, but I've been driving about 45 minutes and I don't see Akron anywhere. It just said Sandusky. And I'm like, son, I don't care how far you drive that direction, you're not going to go this direction. At some point, you have to do what the Bible calls repent, which is what? You have to stop and turn around and go the other way. And if you've been planting the wrong seeds, at some point, you've got to stop planting those seeds. You've got to stop the anger, the greed, the pride, the arrogance, the selfishness, the lust. You've got to stop and you have to plant the right seed. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the gentleness, the meekness. You have to do that. So I'm going to ask you, every head up, every eye looking around, because we're going to hold you accountable for this one. If you say, I've been planting the wrong seed, I want to start planting the right one. Lift your hand up really high. I've been planting the wrong seed, I want to plant the right one. Well, everybody's looking at you. Might as well admit it. Come on, admit it. All right, there you go. Jesus, every person in this room right now that, and every person online that has lifted their hand or, or said, I've been planting the wrong seed, it's time to plant the right one. I want you in the name of Jesus to give them the power to begin destroying those fields, to begin to repent and destroy those fields so they won't have to reap the harvest of it. In the name of Jesus, to turn from those sins and to stop it, stop it, 
stop it and to start planting the right seeds right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you're in this room today, maybe you've been praying for something for a long time. We're going to have prayer teams come at this time. They're going to be up here across the front. Maybe you just, you're praying for something. You're not seeing God move. And you're saying, I need the strength to hang on, to stay with it until God delivers. I'm going to stay with it until God does something. I'm going to do that. We got these prayer teams coming. Would you stand with me and let's sing this song together. If you want somebody to pray with you, there are teams up here to pray with you.